What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Randy Tanguma. Sitting beside me here, approximately six feet away from me, of course, is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, I'm doing just fine. How are you, my friend? You know, I'm doing okay. We don't have the studio audience with us. She's out on an adventure with her family. Yes. Maybe she'll be back. I mean, she will be back. She will once be. The dog she star bark. Once the dogs start barking, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. She'll be here, but on a... On a lighter note, maybe not a lighter note, because apparently we have beef. Yeah, we're fe- we're in the middle of a fucking hot feud, Brandon. You juiced? I don't know if it's we're in a hot feud, but you're definitely in a hot feud. When aren't I in a hot feud? I piss off everybody. True, true, true. true. But if you would like to, we have some secondary, uh, I almost said products. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you think I can read your mind? Yeah. Secondary adventures? I don't know what the hell you're trying to talk about. Talking about when we did our food review yeah. on Facebook Live. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know normally do podcasts, but we did something, you know. Yeah. Not, not, I don't know. I had too much coffee, you know. We I might had have two a, rains we, and I took half a coffee, so come the fuck down. Yeah, we, anyways, might, we might have a heart attack. We might die on the podcast. Tonight. Anyways, everybody, we did a food review of Wendy's Breakfast on Wednesday. And, you know, I thought we did a pretty goddamn good job. But there are some folks. I'm not going to name names here, but I'll name their podcast, Trapdoor to Hell. You know, friends of the podcast. I, I still consider them friends of the podcast, you know. But, you know, I, I feel like I was attacked a little bit. You know, I'm the victim here, Brandon. You know, I, I make one comment saying like, oh, this is be- the, you know better than McDonald's or whatever I said. Dominic has never had both Taco Bell and Jack in the Box breakfast. The only fast food breakfast he's ever had was McDonald's. So... Our boys over there at Trapdoor to Hell take offense to that, that he would want to review food when he has no merits to base it off of. But, 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 Brandon, I eat tons of food, you know? Like, when I think of breakfast, I think, you know, pancakes, eggs, bacon, you know, the whole, whole smorgasbord, you know? Just because I don't eat a lot of fast food breakfast, you know, doesn't give me, you know, doesn't mean I don't have the credentials to judge. But... Your eyes were open today. I was, my eyes were opened. Yes, sir, because I had Jack in a Box breakfast for dinner approximately twenty minutes ago, about you know a couple minutes before we started this podcast. We waited in line, tweeted out. Shout out to all the people that follow us on Twitter. If you'd like to go follow us on Twitter, Dominic, where would that be? Uh, be uh, Curveballs and CS, right? Correct, Amundo. Or so, just, cur- just type in Curveballs and Chair Shots, and you'll find us. After I had to do a business transaction. I treated Dominic because he was my ride around town. I said, you know what, Dominic? I'm going to get you food. I'm going to get you dinner and to open up your eyes. We're going to get Jack in the Box, get breakfast at 6.30, 7 o'clock at night. Why the hell not? We kept it simple. Didn't go too crazy. Two breakfast jacks, two supreme croissants, two hash browns, two coffees. We split everything evenly. So, obviously, this is maybe not my normal order, but sometimes I get breakfast jacks, sometimes I get croissants, so I kind of knew. I like both of them, but we're really here for Dominic's review. Dominic, what was your thoughts 
on Jack in the Box Breakfast. Fucking hot garbage. Is that believable? I mean, you're delivering it with some oomph until you asked if it was believable. Because it's not. It was actually fucking pretty goddamn good. Um, you know, I will, you know, I I will definitely say, so first, just, 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 let, um, let me go run down. The first thing I, I tried was the breakfast jack. Brandon told me it was a staple. It was a go-to. Tried it. I thought it was good. Maybe a little too, I had too much of the egg taste. Um, if that makes any sense, you know, it was very eggy, but I don't know if that necessarily hurts it or makes it better because it tastes a lot more authentic. Um, and then I might've said something that might've offended Brandon. I said the hash browns were better than McDonald's hash browns, which I thought was a pretty hot take. Cause I feel as though McDonald's hash browns is the best hash browns fast food wise, but Dom, I mean, we did get them pretty hot. They yes. were quite tasty. Maybe that might have been maybe maybe maybe, maybe that's why and because you are really hungry because you haven't really eaten a lot. Yeah. Um, then we went to the croissant and the croissant was really fluffy, flavorful. Uh, you know, it didn't it wasn't as eggy as the breakfast jack. The bacon kind of offset that. I thought the croissant was better than the breakfast jack. Um, you know. Now, if we're going to compare it, because we did do the Wendy's review on the Facebook curveballs and chair shots. If you didn't know, go. Give us a like, follow, whatever the hell goes on on Facebook, because I don't have one, or I do, but I don't really go on it. Ranking, you know, McDonald's, Wendy's, Jack in the Box, now that you have opened your eyes to Jack in the Box all day breakfast, your thoughts and how does it rank in the three? So, so am I ranking it, like, number one, I would go there for breakfast, number two, if, you know, like that, or am I just ranking the Maybe items just I eat? put it in terms of where the breakfast Jack and their croissant rank among the stuff you would get, like, you had, well, you only had one thing at Wendy's, but kind of just, you know, put them in terms of what's the best to the... I do think that, I'll stick to my guns here, I do think that Wendy's breakfast sandwich I got, which was, I think, the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, I would get over the McDonald's bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, just because I feel like the biscuit was a lot better than McDonald's biscuit. The insides, to me, were uh, almost neck, neck, and neck. But McDonald's biscuit to me is a little more dense, a little more dry, and the even though it's a lot smaller of a sandwich, Wendy's biscuit was just a lot better. Um, I you know I, like you said that's the only thing I ate from Wendy's, so it's kind of hard to compare because I eat a couple different things from McDonald's, as you can tell because I got a fat belly. Um, you said it, not me. I, I you're thinking it. Um, with that being said, um, I. I, I would I would rank probably Jack in a Box at one at at the moment, just because I, I everything was good, nothing was bad, nothing was amaze balls, holy crap, my you know I'm blown away, but everything was really good. Um, so if McDonald's, what's your number one go to thing at McDonald's, Dominic? Ooh. Um, I would probably say bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddle. And if you were to put your McDonald's in order, where would the breakfast jack... What is better, the breakfast jack or the croissant? I would say the croissant just because the breakfast jack was a little too eggy. So then, if you were to rank it, what would you say the croissant ranks if you were to compare it just to McDonald's? Because that's where your expertise is. Um... 
I th- I'm probably gonna get shit for this. I'll probably put the croissant first because of the fact that to it just it, it felt a lot. And this this is where I'm gonna get shit for a lot cleaner that because it didn't taste really greasy. It didn't taste like you know. Like, it probably also helps that we order this at 7 o'clock at night when there's probably not a lot of breakfast stuff going on. Two. Okay, true, true, true. But um, but I'll probably put the bre- the croissant first. Um, I mean, not not that I'm saying McDonald's is second, Wendy's is third, but, you know, if I'm comparing the biscuit sandwich, the two biscuit sandwiches, I'll put Wendy's above McDonald's. Okay, so we've dipped our toes in the food review game. Maybe we'll come back do a Taco Bell breakfast review later on down the line. But I, I don't know, man. You know, I, I feel like Trapdoor to Hell, man. They got a lot of shit with me. You know, they can buy me Taco Bell breakfast. But Tyler from Trapdoor to Hell is our fourth squad member on Fortnite, which he's been doing pretty good. He's been okay. I guess I want to, you know, inflate his ego too much, but we I have mean, Maybe with... if you get me more victory royals, maybe I'll be a lot, you know, nicer. It, you know, we were kind of making this comparison when we were playing a couple days ago. If you're the Steph Curry... I'm the Clay Thompson, and the studio audience is Draymond Green, for our own special reasons. You can kind of figure out why. Does that make Tyler the Kevin Durant? D- don't really need him. He comes in, but gets he's a couple the victories. Kind of cherry on top. Um, I, I guess I guess you can consider him Katie. Um, you know, but but now you bring up KD, Does that mean he's gonna walk away from us? Maybe we're gonna have we're gonna have a huge. This is me and him, you know, talking shit. This is the 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 falling out like him and Draymond had, and then you he's know, just, yeah, he's just gonna play for two weeks, then leave. Yep, I feel it. But anyways, going back to our friends over there at Trapdoor to Hell, we actually have some. Well, we have one question, one real question. Dominic, would you like to bring it up? We're gonna talk about this regardless, but gonna get their spin on it. Blake Snell. Yep, he is a Twitch superstar. Won the Players Tournament for MLB The Show. He talked about the MLB season. Uh, you know, the owners have apparently agreed, just in and of themselves, they've agreed to a proposal for this season. And this is completely different to what, than what we talked about, I think, a month ago, about the players and the uh, owners coming together, agreeing on a saying that they were going to have uh, service time. Doesn't matter if the game or the season's played or not. You know, a prorated salary, which means however many games are played in. Uh, percentage-wise compared to a 162-game schedule, they're going to be paid that way. But now, of course, the owners are kind of backtracking and kind of doing their own thing with that, so now the league that they agreed on this thing, and now the players say no, now the players look like assholes. So, Dominic, would you like to send the question from Trapped How What do they want us to see? Basically, they want to know my take. Yeah, they don't care about me. They just want to hear Dominic's thoughts. Because, you know, because they're trying to they're trying to slander my good name. You know, they're trying to make it they're trying to get they're trying to get me to be like, "Oh, well, you know, this, this isn't a big deal." Or, you know, cuz you know, they don't think I'm smart. I'm not a smart fan is what they're saying. They think I'm a dumb fan. You're taking a lot out of that like one tweet. I I'm I'm just playing it up. Kayfabe. Well, you're, you're you're not. You're making me nervous that they're gonna listen to this, and then fucking next thing you know, they're gonna be like, "Whoa, you're being a little bitch." They are gonna listen to it because as soon as Travis tweeted that, he texted me asking if we did the podcast, and I was like, "No, we haven't done it yet." And he was like, "Sweet, so he's definitely gonna be listening to it now." And especially that you tweet out the breaking news that yeah, you're gonna review Jack in the Box yeah. breakfast on the podcast. I mean, this might be the highest rated podcast we were Creme ever de la do. Fresh. 
Isn't that... I don't know what the fuck I just said that for. Cream Friche? Cream Friche. Anyways. But yeah, they want to know my thoughts on how the, the proposal and then what I would do to maybe get both sides to agree. Um, you know, how I feel about it uh, is kind of what you kind of already talked about, kind of, they agreed upon it a long time ago, now they're trying to change it up, uh, owners want a 50-50% revenue split, I, I, I don't agree with that, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of on both sides here, I, I see why the, I see why the owners are doing what they're doing, because they are going to be losing a lot of money, I mean, I, I'm not even going to try to th- imagine the amount of money they're losing, but I know it's in the millions, millions, and millions. But you players, they work their ass off to get to that position. You can't just throw me out there and say, oh, go play baseball for the, you know, I'm not going to say A's. I'm not, you know, I don't want someone to get mad at me. So, Dominic, go play for the Giants. It's not going to work. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strike out. I'm gonna... I mean, you might be an upgrade over Evan Longoria. Maybe. You never know, actually. I appreciate that. Thank you. But. More of a dig at Longo than you, but. But you just built me up a little bit, so thank you. You're welcome. Um, but you know these players who've given everything to be to make it to the majors to 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 make that money. You can't take away that from them. So I'm kind of on the fence. I kind of you know, I, I I if if it was me, I would maybe keep to the original plan they were agreeing on. Um, or I mean, I, I you know what? I think the players just don't play then. I mean, they, they're in a union. They don't have to play if they don't want to. They can stand up and say, if you're going to take away our money, we don't have to play for you. I mean, what's going to happen if they don't play? There's just no season. Who gives a fuck? And then the owners lose more money. It makes the owners want to make a deal that makes everyone happy. So, We know Dominic is the anti-union union member. You still part of your union? I think I am. I just don't pay union dues anymore. Well, Which anyways. means I owe union dues, but that's another story for another day. I'm not going to get into the details of that, but for me, I'm usually always on the side of the players. Blake Snell, maybe the way it came across his wording, maybe wasn't the best. I did Big Pop when he said, what happens if I get the Rona? I died laughing. Big Pop for me. I mean, it's true, though. I mean, these guys, what he said was true. He's leaving his family. He's putting his health at risk. Granted, I'm sure everyone's going to get tested players and umpires and officials or whoever's there but it's true it takes one slip one asymptomatic person and he's fucked so i do agree with him and if he gets sick that shit's in his lungs forever it's i think they've compared it to like having glass shards in your lungs and he plays for the rays so he's already underpaid to begin with and a lot of these players especially the ones going into the 2021 season they're gambling a lot of money that if no matter if they get coronavirus or not, that possibly they could get injured or do something to their bodies that will affect them making even more millions of dollars. And yes, when it comes to the millionaires arguing with billionaires about how much millions and millions of dollars are going to make, obviously a lot of the general public is not going to like that. But when it comes down to it, you know, they're making that millions and millions of dollars because that's what they're worth. And you got to fight for what you're worth. And what Blake Snell and Bryce Harper agreeing with Blake Snell, it might not be the best way to say it, but I definitely agree with what they say. And this is what the owners want the general public to think about the players is, oh, look, we agreed on this, 
but now the players don't want to agree on it. They're the greedy assholes, even though we're the greedy assholes too, because we're trying to save money and screw over the players. And yes, when millionaires and billionaires are fighting, it's hard to talk when there's like 30 million people or whatever unemployed, and they're talking about playing baseball when people would play, would get paid, you know, a couple thousands of dollars for baseball. And there are people getting paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars to play baseball, slash that in half. They're only making, you know, I don't know, 500000 which is a lot, but then there's taxes and fees, and when you have a million-dollar lifestyle, you have to keep that up, and you have to pay taxes and fees and everything like that, bills and shit. Okay, let me, let me, if you were a player, if you, if you were Snell, I think it's $7 million was was his salary, right? Around there? I think it said it was like $7 million or something like that. So if they said, hey, the deal is you take the pay cut, and then when everything, well, it's like an IOU. When the when baseball comes back full blown and all this starts out, we'll guarantee you'll get the money you are lost. We'll slowly pay it all back. Would you be okay with that? No, because I want my money in real money. Make it a contract. Make it be like okay. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. It's a contract that says, you know, for this season you're only going to make a million, but over the next X Y Z years we'll pay you back everything we're, that you are owed. But the owners can't do that. The owners can't because they're already in a economic uncertainty at this point that they can't be saying, oh, we're not going to pay you now. But when everything gets back to normal, if there, there's never going to be a new normal, it's, it's a new normal. So it's like, I don't think the owners are going to be like, look, we can't pay you now, but we know next year that we're going to be back up and running like normal, which that's not guaranteed. Well, I mean, but, okay, but we're not saying it's going to be one year. Not gonna say it's gonna be two years, but I mean, you but look- they can't predict the future, so they don't want to bank on the future being what they think it's gonna be. Because if it's not, then they're fucked, and they're gonna say, "Oh, we can't pay you. Fuck you." So then, okay. So then, would you rather pay everyone in full now, and then if they can't, aff- and then if it doesn't go back to normal, do you not? What happens next year then? Well, you we cancel talk- the season, or we've you- talked about it, you know, multiple times throughout this illustrious run of podcasts we've done that possibly. There is a strike coming down for the Major League Baseball players. 2021, the union is, uh, the, I don't even know what the fuck it's called, the, you know, the agreement between the owners and the players is up, and there's, you know, rumored innuendo that there probably might be a strike going on, especially with last year, two years ago, when a lot of these people, the owners don't want to pay these big money contracts for, you know, the middle tier players, and they're just being ousted when they'd rather pay the younger minor league 20-somethings a couple hundred thousand dollars. And there's going to be a lot of, you know, talk and shit and who knows exactly. I'm building optimism that there will be a season being played, but it's all with the optics and the logistics of everything. Because are the families going to be involved? Are the, you know, is, are we going to play at their home stadiums? Are they going to play in Arizona and Florida? Because right now in California, we're locked down seemingly for a few more months. And I don't think California is going to want to have people, whether it be a 50 whatever 60-person baseball team conjure up and be together compared to, you know, a restaurant or whatever. So it's just up in the air, and it's a lot of government shit that we're not going to really want to talk about. Okay. I mean, it was just something that I was thinking of, but, you know, I'm hoping that... Do you want to answer the second question that they, they gave us? Sure, Dominic. What did the boys at Trapdoor to Hell ask us? Why is Trapdoor to Hell podcast a superior podcast? I don't think that's fucking true. We're I wouldn't say it's a superior We're way podcast. Better. They're just a different podcast. Yes, we say, we share a similar. We're like 
in elementary school, you do the Venn diagram where there's the two circles that meet in the middle, and we talk about wrestling and sports. They talk about entertainment and sports, so we come together on the sports, but then they talk about movies and TV shows. And food. And, and food and other stuff, and you know, right. now we kind of sprinkled a little bit of food there in the middle, but yep. we talk about wrestling, so we're just different in our own special way, just like Barney said. I think, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to save it for uh, maybe a rainy, I'll keep this in my pocket for a rainy day, what, what I want to say. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. So then, maybe Drunk Dominic will make an appearance one day. If you'd like to see Drunk Dominic, Drunk Dominic has been on a Fortnite live stream, or three, three parts of, a three drunk, of Drunk Dominic playing Fortnite. But we're going to go to the NBA. Yes, NBA might be back up and running. They've done some meetings and stuff. But we're not going to really talk about that. We're going to talk about Zion Williamson, the former agent or financial advisor of Zion, has basically come out. Of course, she, I believe it's a she, is not associated with them anymore. So now that she's not getting paid by Zion, she wants to spill the tea and say that basically Zion was courted by a bunch of different schools and was paid big money by Duke. Oof. Which obviously is super illegal. It is. Not very surprising because it seems though all these big teams and there's a lot of these, especially about, I mean, football and basketball are the big ones, obviously. So we see this a bunch. And when it comes to Duke, who hasn't really been involved in these, it's kind of ignorant to think that they've never done this, especially when you get the biggest prospect since LeBron James. That there wasn't maybe some shenanigans going on. I mean, I, I'm... I'm not going to deny it. I mean, I, I think Duke did do this, actually. you know. But on the other hand, is it a possibility? This is just her just trying to get some, you know her five seconds of fame. Yeah, I think what she did was super shady and, like, shit. I mean, if she she went to, you know, I don't even know if it was TMZ or whatever, but, you know, kind of ratting out on Zion now that you're not getting paid by him and saying that, oh, he got paid by all, you know, he wanted to get, or was going to get paid by all these different schools, and now that she's not a part of him, then he just rats him out. I think that's just super shady. It sucks. I mean, I don't know if it's going to reflect badly on Zion, I'm trying to think. I can't really think of like a superstar player who's really been hit with something like this that's really like affected them. Because I don't really think. I there's... mean, what's gonna happen? I mean, he plays for the NBA. He doesn't play for Duke anymore. So I mean, realistically, it's not gonna hurt Zion. It's just it's gonna hurt Duke. Yeah, Duke's gonna get fined or, you know, in trouble with it. So I mean, and there's yeah. just growing, uh, you know, optimism and speculation that eventually, somehow, somewhere that these college players are going to get paid, which they definitely should, especially with the basketball and football making so much money. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it just sucks. It's kind of a reality. We kind of know that this has been going on for, you know, maybe the last 25, 30 years, that there's been some money sprinkled in, some big-time money, some little money in NCAA basketball. So it was not really surprising news, but with this uh, slow news cycle we live in right now, it kind of made the rounds, and nothing's really come out new I mean, I think, obviously, NCAA is going to launch an investigation. We'll learn some more, you know, in the next upcoming months. But Zion's not going to get hurt from this. Duke might get some sanctions laid down on him. Maybe if there's, like, hardcore evidence that they find, they might be gone for a year or two. I mean, I mean... That being said, might not even be seasons being played in the next two years. I mean, that or, I mean, they could just say, hey, you could pay the money back or give back to charity or something like that, too. Never know. Never know. So, 
we got some XFL news. I know the XFL might be dead, but there's still XF news what? coming in. Andrew Luck's daddy, Oliver Luck, the head honcho, the football face of the XFL, sued Vince McMahon in the XFL for the remainder of his contract, and it's come out in the filings on exactly what he was quote-unquote fired for, and Vince McMahon apparently fired Luck because of quote-unquote gross neglect, whatever the fuck that means, but he fired him a couple days before the XFL officially uh, I think filed for bankruptcy and or, you know, announced that they were done. So super shady. Not a good look for Vince McMahon that they that they fire him whoa, for this kind of this whoa. shitty reason. But what's classified as gross neglect? Is it not seeing the foreseeable future and being like, hey, you need to be, you need to get in front of this before the shit happens or I think gross neglect is kind of something like an all encompassing thing that you can be like, oh, you didn't live up to our expectations when technically you can just always raise the bar of your expectations because you can never, like, you know, set in stone what your expectations were. You can be like, oh, you didn't live up to the hype. We don't think you deserve all that money. So we're going to fire you, which is kind of a shit excuse. Um, I mean, the only thing I could that I could see it being is, you know, you said you could get two seasons out of it and we couldn't even get done with one. And his excuse is the pandemic, but, I mean. I don't think that he's going to get all of his money. He's not going to get any, I mean, he's not going to not get any money. They're going to file probably outside and, you know, come to a terms and agreement. Maybe he gets paid, you know, $15, $10 million, $17.5, just to kind of settle out of court. Don't add any extra fees and money that XFL and Alpha Entertainment or whatever and Vince McMahon have to pay for. So, uh, yeah. 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 Studio audience almost on our on her way home, so we got to... She is. She's by uh, a royal right now. Oh. It's old stomping grounds. Mm. Mm. It's where you could say maybe uh, we... Uh, actually, we didn't talk about doing a podcast in high school, so I can't even try to lie about that. Anyways, we're going to try to get through the sports stuff before the yep. studio audience gets home. And I get my tacos! Taco? Tss. You're not going to get the taco? No. most No. Probably not. Anyways. My belly. Steelers. Maybe a part of a 2010 bounty gate. James Harrison came out and said that one time that... Uh, oh, my God. Why am I blanking on the head coach's name, Dominic? You got it. Mike Tomlin. There you go. See, this is why we're a duo. You like that, huh? I actually got it one half right. Half and half. But apparently he said that Mike Tomlin gave him an envelope after... He gave someone on the Bill or Browns a big old hit, and he didn't exactly explain what the reasoning was. So people kind of speculated, "Oh, was this a new bounty gate?" Don't really think that it's going to turn out to be as big of a deal. I think NFL might look into it a little bit. James Harrison, I think, did clarify. And look who is home! It is the studio audience. She is back from her adventure. I think we have time to finish up sports before. Oh, oh, no, never mind. No, how never was, mind. How the, was your trip? The do, the dog is going crazy. How's your trip? It was amazing. It was amazing, everybody. Oreo, calm the fuck down. All right, we're gonna take oh, a quick commercial yeah, break. Yeah, take a break because he's gonna Dominic's, He's gonna rip the shit out. The mascot's gonna destroy everything. Dominic's gonna eat his tacos. Yep. And yeah, we'll come back to Mike Tomlin. Maybe. And we're back. Studio audience is here. Mascot's here. The whole gang is back together. Dominic, quickly, another food review real quick. Studio audience brought some tacos. Not from the normal spot, 
but you're quick from review. a different spot in Oakland, which I'm very, you know, I appreciate and I love her for thinking of me. Studio audience, do you remember what the place is called? Can you say that into the microphone? I don't want to... Say it one more time. Elejo Guadalajara. Something de agua. Aguas. El Ojo. El Ojo de Agua. De Agua. I thought it was... I was like, why would it be like about an eye? But the Mexican... Eye water. It's about eye water. Was it so good that it made your eyes water, Dominic? It made my eyes water because it was terrible. I had three trupa tacos and two steak tacos... Shows you how big of a fat ass I am after eating Jack in the Box breakfast. And the trepa was not that good. I've had a 100% way better trepa before. And the steak was okay. But the salsa was way too spicy. My lips are tingling. You know, you know, if you're going to put salsa on a taco, it can't be too overbearing. So, you know. So, don't go to Water Eye. Eye Water. Eye Water, Water Eye. Eye Eye, Captain. The Water water of the Eye. eye (laughs) That's what I just said, the Eye Water. See, low... Yo Everybody, host. go to Fatima's Taco Truck in San Leandro. Way better and food. Or uh, El Tijuan. Or El Tijuan. Dominic. Tijuan. Tijuan. Tio. Juan. There you go. Your thoughts on the alleged bounty gate from the Steelers in the early 2010s? I believe it. I really. I. You know, actually, I take that back. I don't. I would. I would hate to think Mike Tomlin would do such a dreadful thing and giving someone money to get a hit. Especially this day and age when everything can get leaked, like they should, he should have known better. So I don't think that. I think that's maybe just it was Harrison, right? Yeah, James Harrison just basically said that one time Mike Tomlin gave me an envelope after delivering a big hit. So I don't think it's an explicit bounty gate like the, what the Saints maybe it's did. just like, hey, that was a big hit. You're gonna get fined. Here's some extra money. Actually, what he's I don't even think he got fined because that was back in the day when the big hits were really celebrated. I think the NFL was even profiting off of those hits, and. I think what it was is kind of what you said, like, it, well, maybe not like, you know, covering for a fine, but it was kind of like a player's bonus, like, oh, that was a good play, good job, here's a little bit extra money, just like what the quarterbacks or, uh, you know, what a pitcher would do for the catcher during a perfect game, just like, you, you buy him, give him a little something-something because you helped him out, you made a good play. Eh. I mean, I, I would need more evidence before I can start agreeing or disagreeing with, with this. And James Harrison did come out on Instagram kind of saying that, you know, this all kind of blown out of proportion, even though he was the one that said this in the first place, which is kind of stupid, but... James Harrison, maybe not the smartest tool in the shed. Sharpest tool in the shed, sorry. I'm not the For the smartest. record, Dominic Hobson said that, not Brandon Tanguma, so if you hear this, James, come after him, not me. He's a scary Bro, dude. I'll fucking take his ass out, dog. Anyways, so, probably not going to have a podcast next week, because Dominic will be murdered. I'll be James murdered, Harrison. have a heart attack from all the caffeine, or the Rona got me. From the eye water. From the eye water. Were they wearing gloves, masks, by the way? Didn't order the food. Great. I could be contaminated. Anyways, so let's talk about some sports Rona news. Arizona and Florida, two of these states that have began to reopen, they have come out and said that they are open to hosting sports. Obviously, this is kind of a direct link to the baseball proposal about having kind of the West Coast teams in Arizona, the East Coast teams in Florida, having them all play down there and have everyone kind of together so you don't have to limit the amount of travel. Obviously for the uh, NBA, possibly a March Madness type tournament. Hockey, kind of the same thing. Dominic, your thoughts on these specific states, probably more to come, open to hosting sports now. The only thing I don't understand, and I hope 
you will be nice about explaining it real quick. So when you mean Arizona's West Coast, Florida's East Coast, you mean they all stay in the state and they, or are they just flying in to play the game there? Well, why would you, if you live in Oakland, go from Oakland to Arizona, play your game, go back to Oakland, keep coming back and forth, obviously you'd stay in the state. Okay, I mean, that's why I was just asking a question, you know. I don't, thank you for not being as rude as I thought you were going to be, you know. I was like a four there. Yeah, you weren't at a total ten. Yeah. You know, by saying, you know, Dominic, this is a pretty fucking stupid shit, you know. Thank you. Which for... I didn't do it last week, so. I'm on a roll. Good job. Just you Watch wait. your mouth, though. Just... <laughs> Tell me to watch my mouth. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it works. Um, I Are all teams, well, have they, all teams agreed on this yet, or? No, but this is just kind of government officials coming out and saying that like, hey, we're open to, you know, I mean, Florida, obviously it's kind of the center for wrestling right now with AEW yeah. and WWE running shows down there. So Florida kind of, for better or for worse, the kind of the leader of all this stuff. But California, I don't think there's going to be any sports played here for the foreseeable future, even in during the uh, NFL season. So, you know, the Niners, the Rams, and the Chargers, that's for, especially for the LA team because they have a new stadium. Who knows? when exactly, if they can play in their own uh, park. Don't think that's going to happen. They might move to St. Louis, uh, San Antonio, maybe share a facility with another team. But, uh, I mean, sports is definitely going to look different, hopefully with you know by July when this whole baseball thing is supposed to happen. Maybe we'll have some better news and maybe uh, basketball's in talks about coming back. Don't know if they have a strict deadline to hit, but... These past this past week, really, we've kind of seen the wheels in motion for a lot of, especially baseball and basketball, really kind of trying to put the wheels in motion to get shit started. In your professional opinion, you've been you you've played sports for m- most of your life. Professionally, of course. You've watched sports for most of your life. Oh, there we go. That's better. Your professional opinion, Brandon. If you were the the one to say yes, no, for baseball, basketball, for all these seasons to start, would you say yes or no? What? I'm asking you if if you were the decision maker, the final say, if you could say yes to baseball and basketball coming back and starting up. Well, obviously, I want to see them come back. But do you but think you it's have the smartest to do it decision? Safely and responsibly. I think these states that are reopening are going to be kind of the test dummies. Maybe the, not the best words to say, but the, you know, the test rats. To see if if you said dummies, it would be better than rats. Rats sure? make it sound a lot worse. worse. Like you're rats a fucking dummies? rat bastard, you know. Well, I mean, you're the one that said it, not me. I mean, if they if they're playing the Astros, yeah, they're rat bastards, but you know. But I think we're definitely gonna have to see what these states look like in the next month. But then it's kind of like we don't get the data for you know a month and a half, two months. So, I mean, California obviously ain't gonna be open up for a long time. New York, Washington, you know, these coastal teams. We're seeing you know, kind of the coast states are kind of in a different realm than the centralized states. I mean, Florida, it's Florida. It's a completely different thing down there. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely growing more optimistic that sports will be back. But just the logistics and everything involved, it's just way over my pay grade. So I don't know exactly if this is realistic. You're getting paid? I wish. Hmm. I didn't get paid today because you know, I had a business transaction. Sold off my WWE Dolph Ziggler plaque, just collecting dust in the corner of my room, and I was like, you know what? You want to give me 150 bucks for it? Go right ahead. That person shot you out for selling it to you? He did not. I know. But it's okay. Whatever. The wall in my bank, the money in my bank account, 
is enough of a shout-out. There you go. Good for you, Brandon. Then some more Rona news. NFL facilities are scheduled to open up next week. Obviously, that is in... As long as they are in coordinates with the government officials and regulations and everything, uh, if it meets up to their standards, then they're allowed to open up. But uh, a lot of heavy restrictions there. Only about 50% of the employees, I think, are allowed, obviously, deep cleaning and all the thing that goes into that. No players or coaches can be in there, only rehabbing players that were hurt prior to the facility shutdown. Stupid question. Maybe not the stupidest thing I've ever said, but still going to be stupid. The Alameda County, or Alameda County, the Alameda facility the Raiders have, is it still theirs, or did they, when they moved to Vegas, they said, fuck it, we're closing it down? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure the Raiders don't practice in Alameda. You sure? Wasn't that there? It just kind of seems like a bit of a, you know, a drive. Are you sure? They had, that was their big state-of-the-art facility was Alameda. Not saying they don't own it. I'm just saying I don't think it's an active facility that they're using right now. I'm pretty sure they have a spot in Vegas that they're using. Okay, well, that's why I was asking, okay? Because that was the big thing was, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Anyways. Um, that's what I was asking, because that was a big thing, was they just paid all that money for that, and moved to it. Whatever. Okay, anyways. Sorry. Cut off topic. Do know what we're talking about now. Talking about NFL facilities being open. Not big news, but just kind of another step in the right direction. Uh, I mean, to me, my opinion, you know, because I have such a great opinion about this kind of stuff, um, they shouldn't open. I think they should hold off a little longer just so they can get everybody in there at the same time instead of just only having rehabbing players because who's to say that I'm not hurt, you know, somebody's not hurt just to get in and get some reps in, you know? I see. I see what you're talking about. Well, that'll do it for us in the sports world. Going into the wrestling world, we actually have, well, we're going to save it until the Raw recap because it has to do with the big, big news that came out of Raw. But Sting, Dominic's... Where, where does Sting rank? We all know you're a Jeff Hardy fan. Sting, what does he rank your all-time favorite list, Dominic? Oh, all-time list? Ooh, fuck. Um, I mean, I, I'm... We talking... Oh, fuck, all, I don't know. You can't put me on the spot like that. That's hard. Well, I thought it was like kind of an easy list. You ask me, you know, CM Punk, Dana Bryan, Stone Cold, boom. Those are the top three right there. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, Jeff Hardy, Triple H, uh, I guess Sting's number three. So, Sting, obviously signed with WWE about six years ago. He is now, allegedly, a free agent. Where does he go? He's probably not going to be a full-time wrestler, maybe a wrestler at all, but rumors that possibly he could sign or have some sort of deal in line with AEW. Dave Meltzer reached out to AEW. They didn't completely shut it down. They just kind of said no comment. So, people said that maybe the Mike Tyson spot being in the TNT uh, championship possibly could be a way for Sting to be in that position. Maybe they didn't agree to terms, but tell me your thoughts on Sting now being an official free agent. Maybe this is just kind of a short-term thing. Maybe he just signs a legend contract with WWE. Maybe he goes to AEW and has a Legends deal with them. Don't exactly know what that means if he wants to wrestle again. But you're the big Sting fan. Let us know what you think. 
Well, being that I suppose I'm a humongous, huge Sting fan, um, uh, Dominic, I brought you to the wrestle the raw after WrestleMania. You were marking out. You bought a T-shirt, the Sting T-shirt. You're so happy. Wow, just totally um, bury me like that. Well, you're trying to downplay your Sting fandom, Dominic. Don't be afraid to be a fanboy. Okay, fine. I fucking love him. Jesus. Um, I if Dominic Sting cosplay coming soon. If it was up to me, or if I if it was, you know, if I was Sting, I would probably sign a Legends deal with WWE, but maybe sprinkle in there some, you know, some possibilities of doing outside WWE stuff, kind of like how we did with uh, Doom when we went to Double or Nothing last year, and he was there, you know, be able to say I want to do some appearances that aren't WWE related, you know. All right. Then some SmackDown news. Don't talk about SmackDown oh, that I much on the show. Okay, oh, okay. Fine, yeah. I, well, I, I thought that was a break. Dominic, if you have more to say. That was me taking a deep breath from nothing. And exhale a bunch of bullshit. Exhale that bullshit, brother. If he is to go to AEW, I don't see him wrestling. In WWE, I think there's a way for him possibly to wrestle again. Because he is... I think... I heard that he was cleared to wrestle. But WWE being all scared and stuff. They don't want to take the risk. After Jerry Lawler, they didn't have anybody over 60 wrestle. Well, I mean, Sting did wrestle after Jerry Lawler, so. I don't know. Whatever. How old is Sting? I don't know. Who cares? Um, but I'm just saying, I, I, I think the smartest idea for him is resign, but they need to, to utilize him. They need to put him in the ring. They need to, you know storyline this, storyline that, whatever. I'm not saying he needs a full-fledged wrestling career. I'm just saying, utilize him. Utilize the legends that they have under contract. Stop, you know, feeding us the same BS. Now, if he goes to AEW, I, I, my opinion, there is no heat between him and Jake the Snake Roberts back in the day, so I don't really see him and maybe trying to coach Cody or anything like that, like Jake the Snake is doing with Lance Archer. Um, I, I, it just makes no sense for Sting to be in AEW. I don't really see a spot for him, you know, maybe with DDP, but once again, it's just kind of, I don't see where Sting would fit into that dynamic. If Sting's not going to wrestle, I kind of don't see why he would sign with AEW. Like, if it is, he if he's clear to wrestle, he wants to wrestle, but WWE's not let him do it, then he can go that route, wrestle for AEW. I just don't think if he isn't wrestling, what the net benefit of him going to AEW is, unless... He's taking, you know, maybe WWE doesn't want to pay him anything. So if AEW is willing to give him a little bit of something, he has the WCW-TNT relationship that they can kind of tie into that. That could be something, but I'm not the huge, biggest Sting fan. I appreciate, I recognize what he did back in the day. I just don't exactly know what he means to today's audience and what, if you sign him and utilize him, what exactly that can mean for business. I mean, you're you're looking at, it's name power with this with these generation of fans. It's Sting. Oh, Sting was, you know, a big name in WCW. Oh, he came back and you know, he lost Triple H, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's name power. You can have Sting just be just like he was in WCW at the end of it. Kind of just more of a vigilante. You know, maybe, you know, Sting helps someone win. He's always there at the right place, maybe. Right place, right time to save the day. You know, you can have, you know, things aren't going right for, you know, for uh, Lacey Evans. Maybe Bailey just keeps screwing her over. And maybe the right time, Sting does his little gimmick appearance 
and makes it. I'm not saying he, you know, Scorpion Sting's Deathlock. Gonna beat the fuck out of Bailey. Yeah. Not saying that. Universe. I'm just saying, you know, lights go out, crows hit, lights come back on. Lacey's on top of Evan. Uh, Lacey's on top of Bailey. One, two, three. New women's champion, and it turns out that Sting had enough, and you know, sprinkled his little, little witchcraft on her or something. I don't know. Dominic, fantastic booking idea from this guy. We you know maybe we should do like a fantasy booking segment or just a separate you be, podcast. You being a smart ass or you being legit? I'm being legit, bro. Thank you. I mean, I know you love Vince Russo, bro. You're trying to, you know, kind of getting those Vince Russo uh, specialties. Bro. Yeah, you made me say I'm chip off the old block, eh? Bro. Bro. Then, as I was going to say before Dominic rudely interrupted me because he had a, such a long soliloquy about Sting, Sami Zayn has been stripped of the IC title. He is, has not been at the SmackDown shows in the past few months. I think maybe the last time we've seen him was at WrestleMania. He has been sitting at home because of, obviously, the coronavirus. And, I mean, shout-out to him. If he doesn't feel safe, he won't stay at home. Let him do it. There will be a IC title tournament. Dominic, not a lot of options to go with here, but your boy Jeff Hardy is an option. He is. Sheamus an option. I think Daniel Bryan's yeah. there as well. I mean, yeah. pretty much it's everybody that you would think of on SmackDown in the upper level who do you think is a good person to win that title? Well, from what I heard, I think Jeff's going to get a beginning big push pretty soon. I don't see why they would give him the Intercontinental title for him just to drop it eventually to go f- after his bigger push. Um, I think a good choice and the obvious choice would be Daniel Bryan. Um, but that being said, you do have someone like Cesaro who I think is well-deserving, who can put on quality matches with anyone he steps in the ring with, I think it should be Cesaro. As much as I love Cesaro, and I wish that they pushed him all these years ago, I just think it ain't going to happen with him. I think it's Daniel Bryan. I think he's a good option. You never know with his contract situation if he's going to bounce out before uh, he, he's got to leave for fatherhood. Uh, I think another option is Jeff Hardy or Sheamus. It's kind of the only storyline really going in SmackDown, you know, in the men's division besides that uh, Baron Corbin Elias. But wouldn't it make sense for maybe like Cesaro to win it because Shinsuke had it, then Sammy got it, now Cesaro had it, it'd be kind of like... I just feel like Cesaro's been that third wheel in that situation, so I just don't know why they would... They haven't really done anything with him right now to give us a reason why he would make that next step. I mean, has he even held... He was a tag champion, right? He's He's never had a single... He's been U.S. champion. He's been U.S. champion. Give him the goddamn Intercontinental title, people. Stop sleeping on my boy Cesaro or Claudio. Then, finally, on the other podcast I do, I did a Money in the Bank recap. Quickly, just Dominic, your thoughts. You saw a majority of Money in the Bank. Yes. I thought that most of the matches were fine. Nothing was really spectacular. Uh, just kind of your overall thoughts, if you got you know specific matches you want to talk about. No. Obviously, the Money in the Bank match was a topic of conversation because it was so different. Just your I'm thoughts? Not, I'm not going to say... I'm, I'm just going to give an overall little review real quick. Overall, I, th- I think it was a... It, it wasn't the best, but has it been the worst I've seen? No. Um, you know, like you said, the Money in the Bank match, totally different. Um, there's a few spots where I was kind of like... You know, like the Vince McMahon spot. Didn't really care for it all that much. I wish there was maybe more to it than just Vince being Vince and yelling get out and then putting hand sanitizer in his hand whatever like to me that's nuts I didn't really care for it um you know Otis winning it kind of don't really care for it I think AJ should have won it 
or Alistair Black. Um, it, to me, it's, uh, you know, like I said, it wasn't an all-out bad pay-per-view. I just wish, you know, maybe tweak a few little things. I wasn't the biggest fan of that Money in the Bank match. I thought that it was just kind of weird. The comedy spots didn't really work for me. I thought just kind of the walk and brawl. I mean, I didn't exactly know what to expect. I think I thought the actual quote-unquote wrestling at the top of the building was going to be a little bit better, a little more fleshed out. But when you have both the men and the women there at the same time, it is kind of hard to have whatever it is, like 12 people kind of in there at the same time. So it's kind of hard to really tell that story in the ring. And that reminds me, I didn't like how Shanna choked out Ray either. Shayna, I mean, she was probably one of the favorites, if not the favorite, going into that match, and she didn't really get that much of a spotlight. But, you know, what happened on Raw might be the big issue why she didn't win Money in the Bank, in my opinion. Well, any anything else on Money in the Bank before we get into no, Monday good. Night Raw recap? So, Becky Lynch was teasing... We're not going to do the... I thought we're... Oh, yeah, we have... A, sorry, I forgot if we're going to talk about that. Well... Becky Lynch had a big-time announcement that they announced that she was going to make. Didn't know what it was. I had a guess, and it turned out my guess was actually right. She came out. She said that she's going to uh, have to step away for a little bit because she is pregnant. And the Women's Money in the Bank match was actually for the Raw Women's Championship, so Asuka won it. She ended up being the new champion. But before we get into the specifics of the... uh, Women's Championship, what did all this means? We have a question from longtime emailer, Mr. X. Longtime emailer? I mean... One might say the longest emailer we've ever had. He has, oh, he, he has the streak right now. I, I would say he is the, uh, you know, longtime friend to the podcast. Trap Door to Hell might be coming for his, uh, his streak. Maybe. So Maybe. Mr. X got to keep it up, got to keep his streak yeah. alive. He's up by two weeks right now. Yes, exactly. But Mr. X... Uh, to shorten it down into terms that you can understand, Brandon, because, you know, your, your, your movie knowledge is not the best. Maybe you should listen to Trapdoor to Hell more often, you know. But, I know, I'm terrible. I should terrible. W- listen to their watch-alongs. Um, basically, he wanted WWE to lean really hard into the Kill Bill style because, you know, Becky's pregnant, you know, Seth is kind of a bad guy, um, you know, uh, you can wear, you know, he the ang- what he's thinking is, you can have an angle where Seth feels betrayed by Becky, you know, as people take her out, then steals their baby, and then Becky has to come back and kill Seth, you know, being shot in the head, not not realistic here, but, you know, are you familiar with Kill Bill? Not really. I know what it is. I don't. Never seen the movie. Never seen the sequel. You know, she did wear a Kill Bill type outfit, so I know that. Of course you do. That's about all I know. You know, know the. Of course you know you know what she black. wears, but you know nothing about the actual movie, right? Yeah, you know I just objectify women based on what they wear. Exactly. Um, I mean, I think it'd be kind of. Cool. I mean, maybe not yet. In my opinion, would I go to uh, to the lengths of that? You first got to see if Becky even wants to come back, and then if she does come back, is she going to be as good as she was? Because you know what happened with Brie Bella when she had Birdie, she came back and almost killed Sasha, and almost killed herself. So, what are your thoughts on they? The relationship is canon. They've had the mixed tag match last year. Didn't acknowledge it a lot. They Ray, you know, kind of said a congratulations, but he was, Seth was in his trance. How would you go about it with Seth 
being the hardcore here, heel, obviously they kind of doubled down on that this week, but what do you think is the right approach, and maybe do you think they're going to take a different approach? Maybe, obviously not, because of what they did this week. I mean, this day and age, every uh, everybody knows everything about anything going on just because of technology. Um, I think the right thing to do is have maybe Seth address it, and I mean... I'm sorry I didn't bring it up, but Money in the Bank, him and Drew shook hands. I mean, is this a way of Seth kind of... And I thought that was a way of possibly him turning babyface, and after the pregnancy announcement, like, okay, that makes sense, but yeah. then he goes and tries to take Rey Mysterio's eye out. And it, it, and that's where I'm confused, is because you could have had him turn babyface like, hey, I'm going to be a father, holy crap, but then also with Rey trying to take Rey's eye out, you can kind of make him... You know, maybe he's freaking out, and the pressure's getting to him. That God, my wife is pregnant, and fiance. And I thought they're married. Fiance. They were going to get married, but this whole pandemic, the Rona, oh. stopped it. He might be uh, aware of a situation like that. I am. Um, oh, I got the look. Um, but you know, he could maybe start. The gimmick could be maybe he's freaking out. Maybe he's losing his mind. He's nervous that, you know, maybe he's not going to be a good father. Maybe that, you know, he doesn't let Becky and the baby down or something like that. And that you could play off of that part of life. That some adults, when they find out they're going to be a parent, they start to freak out. And they, you know, that's not what I think. But, yeah, I'm thinking they can go down that road. When, after the incident with Rey Mysterio... They go to the trainer's room, and uh, Seth was like, what happened? I'm sorry, I blacked out. So it's kind of an implication that he didn't really mean to do it. It just kind of happened. So that could be a reasoning to kind of write it off, but obviously he did it. So it's kind of hard to he, – he just can't you know, be a babyface next week. But maybe they have a slow turn of – he has just a psychotic mental breakdown, and that's how he turns. Kind of a weird way to have a babyface turn. Or maybe he has a psychotic meltdown, and he goes on baby leave for a while. Even the baby's not due till December. Hey, a lot of shit you got to prepare for, bro. Going back to Becky's side of things, she is the clear top female talent in WWE, probably the you know biggest wrestling woman that they've had ever. And now she just left, kind of just out of nowhere. It seems though this was a surprise. If she's due in December, kind of seems though maybe she wrestled pregnant at WrestleMania. If she knew this, or well, if they knew that this was going to happen, I think obviously Shayna would have won that match at WrestleMania. And now you have your top woman just up and leaving. Who knows if and when she's going to come back. Your thoughts on the business aspect and what WWE has to do. Because on the babyface side, there's really nobody there. Asuka seemingly is going to turn face out of this. And the only other person I can think of that's at that level that's not totally devalued is Liv Morgan, which I don't think she's ready for that spotlight yet. But, but, well, I was going to say Natalia, but she's kind of, you know. She got her shit raked by Shayna Baszler this week. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, do you call up some NXT people? Is that There's a... Bianca Belair. We haven't seen her in a while, though, but she is okay, out there. Okay, I said NXT people, not washed-up trash. Hot take. Sorry. What's, what's better, those uh, eye-water tacos or Bianca Belair? Eye-water tacos. Ooh. She's hot garbage. Ooh. Gotta disagree on that one. She's not the best. She's not the EST? No. Anyways, Dominic, could you answer my goddamn question? 
Which was... was How does Becky leaving implement or impact the women's division on Raw? I mean, it it leaves a big, giant, gaping hole. I mean, like you said, you have Asuka who will turn face. Actually, take that back. Maybe maybe Asuka stays. Do you consider Asuka a heel the way she's been acting? Or is it kind of just like that crazy I I think at this point she's just a clown. Exactly. Well, are you talking because of the face make the face paint too, or? I mean, the way she acted, and we technically Becky did even announce that she's pregnant at that point, so she was kind of leaning into the oh, I mean, she did say like oh, I'm filled with sadness and joy, but she was leaning that maybe this was like a Daniel Bryan page announcement, or maybe Roman Reigns with a you know an illness yeah. or something. Um, I mean, I I do agree that Oscar probably will become a face. Um, you, but where does Kyrie Sane turn? She stay heel. She go to the face because th- together the Kabuki Warriors are a heel tag team at the moment. So do both of them turn face? Does only Asuka turn? Maybe Asuka doesn't turn and Kyrie turns. Like, I mean, there's a couple different scenarios I can see. Um, do I think Liv Morgan is ready? No, but you know, if she, you know, has to be champion, you know, catapult her, bro. Congratulations to Becky and Seth. Do you think we're going to see Becky Lynch, and when do you think that's going to be? Obviously, the ba- baby's due in December. You never know how long and how quick someone can turn around. But I think realistically, I mean, rumor and innuendo says that people expect her to be back. Don't know if that means full-time, you know, part-time, a Tristratus, where she comes and goes, you know, once or twice a year. What do you think next year will we so, see Becky Lynch? So they're saying baby's due in December. So does that mean Seth's written off in November, December? Um, you know, would we do we see a Becky Lynch, you know, at, you know, the October pay per view, which is probably I think. God, don't don't don't. Oh, October sixth, twenty nineteen, Hell in a Cell, Sacramento, California. Do we see her at a Hell in a Cell maybe and help Seth or kind of you know? Do we do we have? her in October maybe kind of seven months pregnant seven months pregnant showing this big old belly of hers and being like in Seth's corner or something um I don't think you're gonna trot out a seven month pregnant woman in a wrestling match not saying fucking have her do a run in and you know you never know explode her or something like you know somebody you know fuck but I'm just saying you know I mean Paige's mom didn't she wrestle like eight months nine months pregnant that's I was thinking I was like there was a wrestler who was pregnant, and the wrestler became a WWE superstar. I couldn't remember who it was, but yeah, it was Paige. Dominic, never say that again. What? They're not WWE superstars. WWE wrestlers. Don't use their, cor- their corporate bullshit. Oh my god. Don't be one of, don't be a sheeple, Dominic. Someone in the WWE universe told me that once. He's gonna trigger. He's just gonna stop the podcast right now. Yeah, I'm just gonna chuck my um, laptop out the but, uh, window. Um, I'm not saying for her to wrestle. I'm just saying... Do you trot her out on the stage and give everyone an update or whatever? And you know, with social media, you know, people will get updates. I think you just save her. Obviously, she's not going to be back until so the after next year's WrestleMania. Is so. Let's say, I, did she sign a new contract last year? I can't remember if she did or not. I don't know. I, oh my God, you're being a fuck face. I'm just asking a question here. What and I'm saying I'm is, you, I don't what I'm know. saying is. Does she get the maternity leave, or are they freezing her contract? 
Oh, Dominic's going to go that route because Becky Lynch is going to AEW. I'm not. <laughs> Rebecca Quinn, AEW confirmed. Whatever. I'm done talking about this. Well, let's talk about Bobby Lashley. He no, we don't have to. Humberto Carrillo, and it seems though he's on the fast track to be the next, maybe not the next contender, but an upcoming contender for Drew McIntyre. Sweet. All right. Bobby Lashley, not the very most charismatic person in the world. And you just figure that out. Yes. I don't know what my young mind was thinking when I thought Bobby Lashley was amazing 15 years ago. That was 15 years ago when he was a young buck. Now he's a seasoned vet. He's boring as fuck. Yes. Then, Akira Tozawa continues his streak, getting wins on NXT, but getting squashed on Raw. This time, he loses to Angel Garza. Terrible synergy in the WWE Universe. Well, there you go, Brandon. Now you're getting along. Speaking of Drew McIntyre, he faces the United States champion Andrade for however many times this has been. I think they need to definitely step away from this. They've kind of devalued the U.S. title. Good match, as they normally always are, but I think it's time to stop having the champion versus champion matches between these two because it's kind of the only thing they've really been doing. So you're saying that Andrade's going to drop the title and then Andrade and Drew are going to fight for the Universal, or not Universal, the World Championship, and then Andrade's going to win? No. Oh, but okay. it seems, though, ever since Andrade came back from his suspension that he really hasn't been doing anything. I mean... Charlotte's boyfriend. He doesn't have to do anything. As a, as the mascot ripped his toy apart and is eating it, this is fucking great because you know what that means. I'm hoping he shits it all out because if not, that's a big old vet bill. Yeah, it's all my fault because the studio audience was too busy playing a mobile game. And I'm supposed to be on doggy duty, even though it was never verbalized to me uh, that I was She on was playing, duty. if I can uh, bring it up. Fuck, it's not working. Exit out of the goddamn game. There we go. Uh, I think it was the Johnny Trigger game. Hang on. Let's see what she's playing. Yes, Johnny Trigger. Anyways, the highlight, obviously, of Monday Night Raw was the moment of bliss with the return of the Iconics. I was going to scream and do the gimmick, but I've been Iconics! There we go. Studio audience loves the Iconics. Every time I ask to wear a Iconics t-shirt with Dominic to a show, I get smacked upside the head. Brandon, you should ask her if we can do that for the very first uh, WWE program we go. Oh, okay, never mind. Or maybe I'll just go balls to the wall and get we'll get some chalk line jackets. Really waste a bunch of money. Do it. She didn't say no. She didn't say no. So there you go. Okay, then. There we go. Then I guess I'll just get a t-shirt then, because it's cheaper. <laughs> so, uh, the Iconics are back. Of course, they beat the champions, because that's what happens. The challengers always beat the champions, non-title. And that means this feud, we're going to have this feud for a while, and... We get Iconic TikToks. Yes. We get uh, R-Truth, Ricochet, and Cedric Alexander defeating MVP Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. 50-50 booking at its finest. I like how your yeah is basically what I was going to say. I was like, yeah. It's... Sorry, I took your gimmick. But, I mean, that's pretty much how Raw's been going. You have, like, one big moment, okay moment, everything else is kind of, yeah, you're there. Then we get Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black, who were both tossed off the building. Luckily, there was a secondary roof six feet lower, so they didn't die. 
didn't hurt either. You know, falling six feet on your back either, you know, doesn't hurt, apparently. But they take on Seth Rollins and uh, Seth Rollins' buddy Murphy. And the babyfaces win via DQ because Seth Rollins, who I think was a legal person, went too far, even though he didn't really go that far. But anyways, uh, we talked about it already. Seth Rollins tries to blind Rey Mysterio. And yeah, Seth Rollins comes in in a trance, not saying or doing a whole lot, and then he just kind of snapped. We've already kind of talked about it, but anything you want to talk about the match in specific or anything going on with Seth Rollins? I mean, I I pretty much just want to know what the hell they're doing with Aleister Black. He was red hot going into WrestleMania, and now he's kind of just, in my opinion, flandering about... (laughs) You know, it's funny. Mascot made you spill spill your beer, now he's spilling your laptop. Yeah. Oreo, you're such a good boy. You're such a good boy, Bubby. You're such a good boy. I'll blame him once he runs away and he unplugs everything. Yeah. And but, ruins my USB. But, uh, but yeah, I just want to know what the hell they're doing with Aleister Black. Every mistake I'm not to really give two fucks about, but, you know, I don't want them to, you know, Aleister deserves to be pushed, and they're kind of letting him just flop around right now. It's not cool. Well, I said the highlight of Raw was the Iconics on the Moment of Bliss, but obviously... It's the basketball game. Basketball is back, baby. We had the Street Profits take on the Viking War Raider experience in a basketball game. Multiple segments throughout the show. Yeah, it was terrible. Who got dunked on? Nobody got dunked on. Well, they suck, man. Dominic just outed himself as he didn't watch the show. I I, I watched the product, okay? Just not everything. Just not everything. I take I take it for the team that I gotta watch everything. I fall asleep. Yes. Yes. Or you can just DVR it and watch it on Tuesday. Oh, shut the fuck up. Well, we get Shayna Baszler cutting a promo backstage, basically shooting on Becky Lynch's unborn child, and then she, facing Natalia, beats Natalia pretty decisively. So, continuing with Shayna Baszler being a top contender for the championship, so maybe Shayna takes on Asuka. Don't know if Asuka's gonna vanquish Shayna, DQ or whatever. Maybe Shayna is on the sidelines for now, and then she gets it eventually. You know, or maybe Ronda Rousey comes back. You know, no big deal. You know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But then in the main event segment, we had Edge come back, and Charlie Caruso was there. Randy Orton interrupts and basically says that you might have beat me in the last man standing match, but you didn't be- beat me in a wrestling match. You haven't had a one-on-one wrestling match yet. I'm the better man might have won, but the better wrestler didn't win. So, setting up a one-on-one regular wrestling match at Backlash next month. Edge and Orton. I thought the delivery from Orton was really good, but I just didn't like how Edge was left there out in the open, just kind of shook, even though this whole reason for his comeback would be to wrestle. And you had a false, uh, you know, a deadly last-man-standing match, which you were fine with doing, but now you're scared to have a wrestling match. Like, that well, just maybe because, kind of you know, in a wrestling match, he has to actually work harder... You know, in a false count anywhere match, you can just beat the shit, you know, steel chair, you know, barbed wire bat, you know, baseball bat, you know, sledgehammer. But in a wrestling match, you have to use your technique, your skill. Maybe he doesn't feel he's up to par yet, bro. I'm not saying Edge was just supposed to go up there and no-sell everything, but it felt as though he could have been a little more confident in himself. Eh, you know, he'll probably come out next week and give a good promo about it. Moving on. To AEW Dominic, shut the fuck up. You're the one going on these long ass. What are you talking about? I didn't say anything. 
Cody and Lance Archer have a brawl. We get Jake the Snake cut in a promo. He gets interrupted by Cody in his F-150. Dominic must have loved that because he's a big old F-150 fan. Damn right. But uh, Cody revs his engine a few times, hits on the gas, goes about 10 miles an hour, rams into a barricade and some poles, and then he gets out. It doesn't even drive up to the ring. He gets out, walks about 20 yards, and then beats him up. It's just a waste of gas, bro. Yeah. I like the beginning. I like the end. I like the promo. I like the brawl. Nothing in the middle. But in the middle, the whole Cody trying to be stone cold, you know, running over shit, I thought that was corny and it was stupid. If there was an audience there, you think it would have been better? Maybe, just because at least the crowd would have popped for his entrance. But I think even then, it still would have came across kind of stupid. It was like, you could just tell they put shit there just for him to run into. Okay, I didn't see it. I didn't watch AEW, so I don't know what he ran into. I'll, I'll, I'll out myself. I didn't have time this weekend. Sorry. Or this this week, sorry. Dominic, when did you work? Huh? Uh, did you work Wednesday? Yeah. What about Thursday? Yeah. Hmm. I work uh, seven days a week now. Oh. So. If I, if, I mean, I don't want to assume anything, but I thought hmm? that you were off Wednesday and Thursday. No, yeah, not anymore. I work uh, seven days a week now. Sorry. Oh, now? Yeah, Started sorry. right now? Started last Wednesday, yeah. Oh, okay. So, the re- I mean, I, I thought, I, this might have been, you know, me, I have been was probably drunk, so I don't really remember it too well, but I thought we played Fortnite for like three hours on Wednesday, and like two and a half on Thursday. No, you were drunk. Uh, we only played for like 45 minutes. Oh, okay, because you were working, obviously, so you didn't have time to watch AEW. Correct. You're, you're okay. catching on. So I guess, you know, it would be a moot point to talk about AEW. Maybe even NXT. No, I watch NXT. Oh, you watch NXT? Yeah. Okay, well, overall, if you'd like to hear my thoughts on AEW, you can go to the other show, The Bullet Cast. Damn. I mean, do you want me to talk about everything and I throw it to you and be like, yeah, that happened. Yeah, you could. So now it's my show? It's your Brandon, you know what? I'm going to give you free reign. Talk about AEW. Go ahead. Aw, you're so nice. I'll chime in when I want to. Well, Mike Tyson is going to be at Double or Nothing. He will be the, I don't know, this. he will be there for the title presentation, which you haven't seen what the title looks like yet, but it might just be one big old TNT logo. Your thoughts on Mike Tyson being a part of AEW? One-off appearance? Uh, I kind of don't like it. Have you seen the Mike Tyson comeback video? Yes, I did. What are your he thoughts? He looks of- freaking... Amazing. What are your thoughts on Mike Tyson possibly coming back? To boxing? Yes. I'm half afraid for him, but I'm probably more afraid for the opponent. I'm And it depends who he faces too. I mean It's probably a tomato can. <laughs> well then, a literal tomato can. Yeah, no. Um you know, if if he's going against up some young buck, I mean I'll probably still put my money on Tyson, but you know. You know, he. Let's be honest. His stand-up is probably not there. It doesn't matter. You 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 can throw a hundred fast punches one time, and okay, yeah. What the hell are you doing? Um, you can throw a hundred fast punches one time, but can you do it? You know, a hundred times over. No, you can't. Young Buck could probably do it. Maybe not as hard. Maybe not as accurate. <laughs> but um, you know, yeah. I would watch the match. I would pay for it. I hope it doesn't happen. You got a 53-year-old guy going in there who's had multiple matches, multiple concussions probably. He doesn't need to go in there. Just let him bite someone's ear off again. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? 
Anyways, just a year. As I do this solo AEW recap, we got the best friends. Motherfucker, I watched some of it. Jeez, calm down. You literally said I didn't watch AEW. Okay, just calm the fuck down. I watched a couple clips. God damn it, jeez. Oh, don't get all get your panties up in a bunch you're, of shit. You're being a little, f- you know, you're being a real fuck boy right now. You're being a real fuck boy right oh, now. Fuck do you. we got beef? You don't. That's it. You can go to curveball. You can go to trapdoor to hell for all I care now. I see what you did there. Yeah. Anyways, best friends taking on the Jurassic Express. Best friends win with some outside interference, but best friends weren't directly involved in it. Ray Phoenix kicks Orange Cassidy right in the skull. Uh, MJF gets involved, beats down uh, Jungle Boy, setting up multiple matches. That was a good match. Dominic, did you see this? Yes, I did. Okay, your thoughts? That kick Ray Phoenix did to Orange Cassidy. I wish I could have done it. It was a nice kick. Nice. Moving on to the Fatal 4-Way Women's match for the number one contendership. Hikaru Shida gets the win. Kinda Horrible thought, shit. Kind of thought that that was going to happen. They also set up Britt Baker, taking on Chris Statlander. Baker beats up uh, Statlander, puts her hand in her mouth, but she put on protection. Good, something Seth Rollins should have learned, but it's whatever. Drizzling shits this match, my friend. Well, it's the AEW Women's Division. Not exactly high expectations for these matches. Well, I just don't understand. She hit... Britt hits a destroyer, kind of just stands there, kind of like confused, turns around, and then lets, who was a Statliner, hit a cutter. It was kind of like, like she didn't know what the fuck was going on. She had that look in her face like she was confused. Like, you know, for somebody who we thought was going to be, you know, maybe the center mark of their women's division, I'm happy they didn't make it happen. Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega defeat Pride. Is it Proud and Powerful or Pride? Pa- Proud? I, I think it's Pride. They Proud. defeat Santana and Ortiz. Yes. LAX. Let's say LAX. Sure. Uh, you know, good match. Kind of 50-50 booking, kind of, with Hardy and Omega losing last week to the Inner Circle. Now they win this week against the Inner Circle. But the big news coming out of it. There's a death. Vanguard 1 comes out to confront the Inner Circle. And Chris Jericho takes a bat smashes Vanguard 1 to smithereens. And now Vanguard 1 has passed away, unfortunately. Sad, sad day in the wrestling business. Chris Jericho also did challenge the Elite to a stadium stampede match, but just paled into comparison what happened on that sad, sad day in Jacksonville. I mean, I don't want to get somber, just like you're very somber right now, but I mean, I mean, there's a couple deaths in this industry that have shooken us like this. Um... Uh, Owen Hart, you know. He went there. I didn't think he was going to go there. He went there. Dominic said some stupid shit. <laughs> what do you mean? That might be the stupidest shit. What do right you there. mean? You, you, you just took it to the I next I compared level. A, ro- a, yeah. a drone to <laughs> Owen Hart. You, 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 ru- you kind of ruined the bit there. <laughs> I was kind of doing a bit, and then you, you just took it to the next level. I, I'm be Wow. I get shit for it. Fuck this. I'm, I quit. I can't even fucking be. Sa- you know, it's a tragedy. Vanguard Wood was a staple in this industry. That drone had a family, damn it. <laughs> oh, God. Are you excited for the Stampede match or not? Sure. I'm excited. I wonder what that means, because we haven't seen the Young Bucks or Hangman Adam Page in a while. Does that mean they're going to be a part of it? I hope so. I mean... I hope so, too. I, are, we, are we assuming Matt Hardy's part of the Elite now, though? I mean, he has to be. He's got to avenge his friend Vanguard 1. And I hope there's no Vanguard 2, because... You just can't replace Vanguard 1. 
can you do Vanguard 2, but it's completely different? Do we now do we get Vanguard V2? Because Vanguard version get, 1 is V1a. And we get like Vanfax? That'd be cool. I like that. You heard Has it here some first. Van- folks. Vanitude? Yes. I like that. You heard it here first, so if AEW copies us, we're suing. Hear that, Cody? Back the fuck up. We're coming for you. MJF has a squash match. Wins. Calls out Marco's stunt. Pretty straightforward. Good shit. MJF being a dick as always. I think one of the best heels we have in the business. Jericho takes on Pineapple Pete. I thought they did a good job with Pineapple Pete kind of building the match up. In the end, Pineapple Pete gets a flurry, but juice effect over in like 30 seconds. Kind of a little anticlimactic, but I understand what they did. Still don't like the juice effect. I think he should just stick to Codebreaker. The Lion Salt and Lion Tamer. And then obviously I fucked up. This is where the sad set death of Vanguard 1 happened. On par with Owen Hart's death. Thank you. Yes. I was going to say someone else, but then I probably would have got a lot of shit for that. Benoit? Mr. Benoit? Yes. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. The guy we don't mention. But Or Ultimate Warrior. In the main event, <laughs> Brody Lee took on Christopher Daniels' defeats. Christopher Daniels in kind of a lengthy match, about 15 minutes. Brody Lee has John Moxley's title belt with him. Moxley makes a run in at the end, beats him, you know, gets his hands on some of the minions, but in the end, too many for him to take care of. Moxley uh, cuts a promo at the very end. You know, kind of simple, straightforward. You can't run. You can run, but you can't hide. I'm going to get your ass, and I'm going to get my title back at double or nothing. I never liked it when heels stole titles. I just feel like it's kind of sadly childish, but it's kind of like I'm going to get my title back, but it's like you're the champion, and you're saying you're going to get your title back. It's like, you know, it to me it just seems not right. I agree. It was a little clunky. I don't, yeah. It was alright. The match itself, I'm not like looking forward to it, like it's going to be this technical masterpiece, but I'm hoping that both of them are going to be motivated to really prove something, and that it'll be a lot of fun with there not being a lot, not being a big crowd there. It's going to be a little awkward, but I think I'll get the job done. Are you more excited? Do you think they're going to be driven to do something because Brody Lee, when he was in WWE, wasn't you know seen as a top guy? Do you think this kind of puts pressure on him to be like, hey, I want to show people that I could have that top spot and be worthy of a title? Yeah, I mean, I think Brody Lee has a bigger chip on his shoulder and more to prove than Jake Hager did. Hager had that opportunity, didn't really take it to his full advantage. Brody Lee, I think, I mean, him and Moxley have had history having matches before, so I think their chemistry will be there, and I think the match will be pretty good. I'm not going to say it'll be the best match of the show, but I think it'll be pretty damn good. Okay. Then, moving on to NXT, we start off with Imperium taking on the Broserweights, but Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher, of course. Imperium actually win the tag team titles after Matt Riddle does a monkey flip and it hits Timothy Thatcher and Thatcher runs away. He's angry, puts on a boo-boo face. Matt Riddle loses. Then they get into a little scuffle backstage and then they have a match that same exact show. Riddle defeats Timothy Thatcher via a roll-up, a very kind of hard-hitting, strong-style match. A lot of amateur moves, a lot of mat wrestling. I think that this match is really good in the empty arena environment. Your thoughts on the entire segments of stuff. Well, my, my I understand Dunn can't come... Dunn is stuck in his home country. 
so I understand why they had dropped the titles, but I wish they didn't drop it with Thatcher getting hit and putting, like you said in your words, boo-boo face. Literally boo-boo face. <laughs> and, and, um... <laughs> I lost my train of thought, shit. Um, <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I just didn't like that. I wish they, you know, you, you could have had some, you know, issue of them doing that, but like maybe not Thatcher running away like he did, but um, and then having the squash match, in my opinion, with him, you know, uh, I mean it was very technical, but to have Riddle just roll him up for the victory, I wish it would have been a very dominant like boom, Riddle beats his ass, showing him like you look, I didn't need you. You know, but I think that you're match, no Pete Dunn. But I think know? that finish is coming eventually. This was kind of establishing Thatcher as a threat. He could have maybe beaten Riddle, but Riddle just kind of got the upper hand, establishing that yes, Riddle is better and kind of another level than Thatcher. But Thatcher uh, then, in the end, puts on the armbar and you know making Riddle tap out. You know, making Riddle really want to go and face Thatcher again, maybe even like a different gimmick type match. And I think that's when you're going to get Riddle. You know, the established boom. You know, clean pin in the middle of the ring. And then does that mean Riddle becomes a uh, world champion soon? Quite possibly. We don't know how long this is going to last. I mean, you have this whole Velveteen Dream situation. I mean, I think next one you put up there is Riddle over Dream, so... I agree. I mean, I think Riddle maybe hasn't, obviously hasn't reached his full potential in NXT. I think they've gone a little bit too heavy on the comedy side of things, but... I still have faith that they're going to give him a good, solid push. Then, we have a lot of promos throughout the show. Rhea Ripley, backstage promo, focusing mainly on Charlotte. Hints, or talks a little bit about EO, so kind of maybe a triple threat match coming up, but I thought just a really good, straightforward uh, kind of you know backstage interview by Rhea Ripley here. One of the better ones I've seen in a while. I'm not saying everything she's, she's done in the past has been crap, but I mean, it kind of cemented that she's back and she's ready to go. We get a Karrion Cross and Scarlet promo. Cross, uh, I think, spoke through the entirety of it. Very heavily produced in a dark room. Uh, a lot of camera angles. Uh, Cross just kind of talking in circles, but obviously hinting that uh, he's going to go after uh, Tommaso Ciampa and kind of doing flashbacks to that. So that's seemingly what they're going to be doing, Cross and Ciampa, later on down the road. Haven't seen T- uh, Ciampa yet, but I like the kind of environment and the persona they're creating around Karrion Cross and Scarlet right now. Do you like the name Karrion Cross? Do you like it or? It's fine. I don't have a big issue with it. I mean, I wish you could just keep Killer Cross. I don't know if it's because it's Killer, if it's because of just trademarking Karrion. It's fine. I mean, it kind of keeps the KK thing going, so it kind of. I just said two Ks, not three Ks. Okay. If I said the third K, we run into some issues. I, I yeah. saw that boo boo face over there. Okay. <laughs> like the alliterations. And and then are you okay with it just being Scarlet, not Scarlet Bodai? Bordeaux. Bordeaux, sorry. I'll call Which I understand is kind of a complicated name to really spell out, but uh, I mean, we haven't really seen her yet. I mean, yeah, she kind of had the lip sync thing, which I thought was kind of corny. I hope they do away with that. But we haven't kind of seen her transformation, so maybe right now they're kind of just focusing on Cross, and then maybe later on down the line we kind of get a little bit more on Scarlet. Which I think is the right approach. Focus more on Cross now. He has Because he's going to be your main draw. Yeah, and then Scarlet, who knows if she's going to be a wrestler, just kind of a, a valet. valet manager type, but I'll take either or. I bet you would. Then we get Dakota Kai and Reina Gonzalez, a promo. Reina, or Dakota Kai kind of just explain her actions, why she did what she did. Very straightforward. Uh, Shawn Michaels equated these two women to a Diesel and Michaels back in the day. I can see it. And I dig it. 
I can dig it, sucker. Still kind of uh, playing up Kai and Tegan Knox, uh fighting on later down the line. Just kind of a kind of good kind of spin your wheels promo here. I think it's fine, and I also think it's fine that they keep that they're gonna have a little bit more with Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. I'm not saying that you know they're very close at uh, you know this well being real dry, but I mean I I think it's you can maybe do one more or two more matches out of this to get just to get through this spell we're in. We got some more promos on our hand. We got the Garganos, uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae sitting at home eating dinner. And they talk, and I thought it was good. I think their character work is uh, really good, but I didn't like the hevel, heavily edited where they're talking to each other, and then like the st- screen cuts to black and white, and they stare at the camera, and then cut like a different promo. I thought that was kind of stupid. I agree. I, I, I think I would have liked more of just like the wholesome like family vibe. I mean, I know they don't have a family, but like the family vibe I was getting, kind of where they're talking, eating dinner, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I mean, do you do you see? I, I like the first one they did, kind of the the insincere, sincere, insincere, sincerity, sincerity mm-hmm. that they had. I like that part of the character. Yeah. But when you kind of cut know, it and they go cut straight, it, they snap a finger. Then now they're it's like Bray Wyatt. Yeah. But at least that it's kind of like in its own little universe. This and is this is supposed to be like in in real life. Yeah. So. I don't like that portion of it, but uh, kind of a promo, but an announcement. DX says that NXT TakeOver will be NXT in your house in early June, so maybe three weeks, I believe. Just kind of your overall thoughts on this. Don't exactly know. NXT in your house. Don't even know. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a gimmick per se, but I just think it's kind of a name to, you know, So you're telling me I need to clean up my house because, you know, Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley are going to start fighting in my room. I like how you go straight to the women. Yes. Finn Balor would be there too, studio audience. Yeah, don't worry. Finn Balor and Braun Strowman for some reason. Yeah, Braun Strowman gets called down because he's been yes, trash. Exactly. But he was hitting dingers off the tee box. <laughs> or off the tee. <laughs> you know what? Ooh, she got you. Ooh. Mary? Studio audience. Kayfabe. Anyways. Whatever. Is that it? Is that it, Brandon? Well, speaking of Finn Finn... He faced Cameron Grimes, and unfortunately, Finn Finn did lose. Damon Priest attacked Finn Finn from behind. Grimes gets the win, so it seems as though we're going to get Finn Finn taken on Damon Priest. Hey, Cameron Grimes got a victory. I like that. So maybe Finn Finn takes on Damon Priest right now, and then maybe later on down the line, Cameron Grimes maybe gets a little bit of a push, and we can go back to Finn Balor and Cameron Grimes I'll later take on it. I think Cameron Grimes needs to be utilized and needs to, you know get the time, the spotlight that he deserves, man. I'm a huge Cameron Grimes. I'm not going to say fan because, you know, I, I, I Trevor Lee in Impact was okay, but I, I, I'm digging myself some Cameron Grimes. And that will do it for us for today. Thank you all very much for tuning in to this lovely edition of Curveballs and Cherry Shop. That a lot of food good. talk. That's pretty good. It was all right. You're not the best, definitely not the worst. Which is pretty much the model we go by. But next week we will have our Double or Nothing review. And we will have a special retro re-release of our infamous Double or Nothing Las Vegas recap. We were supposed to be going to Las Vegas next week. Yep. Maybe the podcast was even supposed to be in Las Vegas next week. But unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, that is not going to happen. So on Wednesday... And we'll probably be having a Taco Bell breakfast review on Saturday. Maybe. Maybe. So on Wednesday, I will upload the... 
uh, Vegas double or nothing recap. We get into all the shenanigans that happened last year in Vegas. You get to hear the infamous Dominic Shane Helms interaction. Oh God, which no. we all love to talk about no. on this podcast. So make sure to listen to that. Until next time. I've been Brandon Tangum, and that's been Dominic Cops, that's been the studio audience, that's been the mascot, and for Jack in the Box and the Eye Water Tacos, goodbye. Chapter to hell, you bastards. Bastards.